We hear this famous phrase in Act 2, Scene 5 of Shakespeare's Twelfth Night. Some are born great, some achieve greatness, and some have greatness thrust upon them. A similar principle applies when a person becomes famous by way of being killed. Some people, like Jesus, place themselves where they know they may become martyrs, but others have martyrdom thrust upon them. Nex Benedict was a non-binary teenager living in Owasso, Oklahoma. Nex had been mandated by state law to use the girls' public restrooms because their birth certificate identified them as a girl. But this was an identity Nex no longer claimed. Because of this, and because of the gender-expansive way they dressed, Nex endured constant bullying for over a year. A few weeks ago, in the girls' bathroom at their school, a group of girls ganged up on Nex and their friends and berated them. Pushed to the limit, Nex splashed their water bottle on one of the girls. Then the girls beat them up. Nex's head hit the floor hard and they blacked out. Nex was suspended for two weeks for fighting and sent home. The next day, Nex collapsed and was taken to the hospital where they died that evening. They were 16 years old. Some identities are born with us. Some we adopt willingly or eagerly. And some identities are thrust upon us as others label us. As a result, some people bury their identities deep and get along as best they can. Others decide that the only way to survive is to disidentify from their own families or communities. Sometimes they find a new family or community and begin to identify with that one instead. As they say, you've got to find your people. But a teenager in a bedroom community outside Tulsa only has so much freedom to do so. In preparing this sermon, I watched footage of a police officer explaining to Nex that verbal bullying, no matter how relentless, is merely free speech, while pouring water on someone is assault. So in the eyes of the law, Nex started it. There is ongoing controversy about the findings of the autopsy and the role of the police department, the public schools, and anti-LGBTQ influencers in everything that happened. But it is clear that Nex's death resulted from an entire environment, from classmates to school administrators to social media to state law, that was fundamentally abusive. Nex chose not to bury their identity, but to embrace it. And that act alone ultimately killed them. I have made a donation from the Rector's Discretionary Fund to Nex's family through their GoFundMe. Funds in excess of the cost of Nex's funeral 
will go to support organizations that work against the bullying of LGBTQ students. Sometimes people do claim an identity that others might not immediately recognize in them or that might seem contradictory to how they appear. But many of our identities are invisible to strangers. How do you identify? What are the categories you belong to? And why does this matter to you? What are the groups you associate with and why are they important to you? These could include your race, ethnicity, nationality, neurodiversity, abledness, family, singlehood, parenthood, career, causes, interests, hobbies, and a host of other things. No doubt you identify with some of them strongly, while other identities might be easier to walk away from if you so chose. Still other identities you might find impossible to get away from. The story of our faith is a story about identity all the way back. Abram and Sarai weren't Jewish, but God gave Abraham and Sarah new names, new identities, and children and grandchildren with a specific call, and so they became the first Jews. In the early years of the church, Paul used the example of Abraham and Sarah as he wrote to the Romans about bridging the gap between Jews and Gentiles, calling on them to become one people through Jesus, the Christ. The word Christ is the Greek form of the Hebrew word Messiah, an identity with a fuzzy definition in Jewish history, but that came with the general understanding by the time of Jesus of having been anointed by God to free the Jewish people from oppression. As rumblings grew about whether Jesus of Nazareth might truly be the long-awaited Messiah, the questions of his identity became central. Can anything good come from Nazareth? Q. Philip, come and see. We thought the Messiah was supposed to be from Bethlehem. Q. Luke, well, see, there was this census. We thought the Messiah wouldn't come until Elijah had returned first. Cue Jesus' identification of John the Baptist as the new Elijah. Do you see? People have preconceptions about what a given identity must mean. And some people may not accept any variation from their assumptions. So when someone they always thought was a girl gathers the courage to say, no, that was never actually the case. The people in their lives have choices. They can get curious and ask caring questions, or they can stop listening. In response to Nex's death, the superintendent of the school district announced, there's not multiple genders, there's two. That's how God created us. You always treat individuals with dignity or respect because they're made in God's image, but that doesn't change truth. The superintendent has chosen to stop listening. Sometimes those who stop listening become violent. But those in more privileged positions get away with merely instigating that violence 
or amplifying the voices of those who do. Just because you don't understand a situation doesn't mean it's okay to declare through a media megaphone that it doesn't exist, especially when you know perfectly well that this will result in the deaths of more children. When people start referring to Jesus as the Messiah, his first response is to try to shut them up. If they go blabbing it too soon, before enough people really know Jesus, the assumptions will overwhelm the reality. But eventually, Jesus starts teaching his closest friends to suspend their assumptions about what the Messiah must be like. It turns out that he will not ride into Jerusalem on a war horse. He will not call on legions of angels to spare him from harm. When it comes right down to it, and the Roman machine decides to kill Jesus, he won't even say a mumbling word. Is this how a Messiah leads the people to freedom? Only if you've hung in there long enough to move beyond assumptions you have held literally your entire life. Paul even claims, there is no longer Jew or Greek, slave or free, woman or man. Yet he's not telling anyone to stop being Jewish or Greek, or to stop being a woman or a man. Paul's challenge is to, to us is to stop being limited, to stop being fearful, to stop being ignorant, and to identify with Christ. That journey will be painful, but the truth will set you free, and then you'll find you'll be better able to love as Christ loves. For Jesus urges us to take up our cross, and he claims that identifying with the cross is more important than any other identity. When Christians are baptized, we take on the identity cross carrier. We are adopted into the family of cross carriers. And metaphorically, this changes our last name to Christian. What if you saw all baptized members, as, of baptized people, as members of your own family? And by extension, all human beings. Would you treat them differently? Well, taking up our cross is difficult enough when we could always choose not to. But people don't always have a choice. And when that's the case, it's our job as Christians to make their cross our cross. When you get serious about this cross-carrying identity, from what might you have to disidentify? For Jesus does ask us to deny ourselves, to disidentify from old assumptions and begin to adopt a new identity. And Jesus says that those who are ashamed of him and his message are forfeiting their lives. Because what kind of life is it really if we only pursue our own security, our own power, our own control, our own luxury? That's the life Satan would want for us. So what identities might you have to give up? 
The whole creation sings of God's love of spectrums over binaries, diversity over monochrome. Jesus doesn't ask us to give up our gender identity. We are beloved by God just as we are in all the ways God has created us, whether others can see those or not. He doesn't ask us to give up our family, but only the limitations they may have placed on our ability to love. No, when Jesus tells us to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow him, he means that to walk the way of love could conceivably make us into martyrs. So sometimes we must challenge our basic instinct for self-preservation. Those who love as Christ loves don't need to go looking for trouble. Trouble will find us because the troubled will seek shelter among the community of cross carriers and will call us their family. Some people place themselves where they know they may become martyrs. Others have martyrdom thrust upon them. Next Benedict, by all accounts, was a loving child who lived life to the fullest. Next would not be boxed in by other people's insistence that they knew better what Next's identity should be. I have no idea what Next thought of Christians, though in their context, I bet it wasn't good. So we see that for some people, crucifixion is a very high possibility. The alternative is never to be who they truly are. Jesus walked the way of the cross for people like Nex. Meanwhile, those who refuse the way of the cross are those who believe they can maintain dominance over their own lives and the identities of others. These are the ones Jesus says he will be ashamed of in the final reckoning. Let's not count ourselves among them. Well, after all this, and this is heavy, what if your personal panoply of identities just feels like too much to carry today? Jesus says, here, let me help you carry that. Jesus takes on the entire burden of faithfulness to God's covenant with Abraham and Sarah. I will love you no matter what, no matter what. I stretch out my arms upon the cross and offer myself to you. And when you take up your cross and follow me, the only possible destination is eternal joy. So disidentify. Disidentify from the unimaginative and fearful ways that you may have been taught to live and take on the identity of Christ as the root of all your other identities. Take up your cross because you're not the only one carrying it. And take up the crosses of others too so that they will know that they are never alone. God bless you next. Amen.